can you please help us? And he's like, yes, this is the reason why I came. And then some of them are like, I, I feel guilty even being around you yeah, because I don't want to give you the sickness. I feel like that it's just going to bring you down. I feel like it's going to make you impure. I feel like I'm not worthy of you. And this doctor's like, I flew across the world right. with this medicine to heal you. This is the entire reason that I came. Think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it has shaped our culture. Whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. All right, welcome to the Take and Read podcast. My name is Chad Warren, and super excited because I have my second returning guest by popular demand. Seriously, a lot of emails, a lot of comments. They want a little more Parker. Wow, I cannot imagine why. (laughs) Well, I can. If you're watching the podcast, obviously I think he is the perfect stunt double for Clark Kent. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, maybe you should check out the YouTube so you can see if I'm right. Because legit, I mean, the chin, every, I mean, it's just, you got it dialed in, buddy. I get my uh, daily, daily dose of confidence from hanging out with Chad. All righty. So it's been, it's been a little while since you've been on the podcast, but uh, originally when we started out, I was asking you questions about what does your time of the word look like? Uh, You know, kind of what's your history with the Bible? And so I do want to get into now what what's the lord teaching you i think there are times where we're kind of trucking along and our heads down and we're doing life and things are happening and and kind of sometimes we need to step back and just go okay thirty thousand foot view when i take when i scan you know the recent history what's currently happening what i'm reading conversations with friends what's the lord wanting me to learn in this season any thoughts yeah hopefully i can be um if there's any uh value that i could add hopefully it's it's someone who is um only what i would be i would consider a born-again christian within the year i've only been consistently reading the bible for like six months right and so um i have no idea what's going on most of the time i'm new to a lot of this i will ask seemingly obvious questions which hopefully will help out um which it does because yeah. there we come to this and we should have questions. We should approach the scriptures with humility. And so the cool thing is, is yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. I think um, you gave me a book called gentle and lowly, which is um, the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers is kind of the sub right. headline of that book. And one thing that's been really helpful for me as a, a new born again, radical follower of Jesus is it's easy to get bogged down when we're like, cool, I'm completely, I'm getting convicted on a daily basis of my sin. And I'm all of a sudden very aware of my shortcomings as a human being and where I am not um, going to be able to uh, fulfill the law that God has placed before us in its entirety. I'm going to continually let him down and it's easy to start to get pretty cynical and pessimistic mm-hmm. uh, in light of that. And also, you and I were talking about this the other day. It's a, a lot of people 
in cultural Christianity, America, it's 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 a dangerous thing talking about the love and the gentle and, and uh, the the heart of Christ for sinners and how He is there for us and that is the the sole reason why He came was for um, for for our sin because we cannot do it on our own. But at the same time, a, a lot of Americans and people around the world, but especially in America. Uh, take that for granted and they're like cool jesus died for my sins awesome that means i can do whatever i want yeah whenever that's such I want. a great deal and i'm good to go <laughs> and so it's like it's the best news ever because it's like cool jesus saved me and then now i can do whatever i want and it has zero implications on on how i live today um and so yeah. but but then to to contrast that with the born again christian of someone who's like cool i need to do everything that i can because i i i i hate sin and I detest sin and I want to be right and at peace with God. And so all that to say, um, that book goes into, describes Jesus like a doctor who is going into a jungle of tribesmen who have a terrible disease. And this doctor who's going and has a vaccine that can save them. I know I probably shouldn't say that word in 2021, right. but <laughs> he, he has the ability to heal this awful sickness of, of these uh, tribesmen in this jungle. And he is immune to the disease. And so when he goes in, then these, these tribesmen are like, can you please help us and he's like yes this is the reason why i came and then some of them are like i i feel guilty even being around you yeah because i don't want to give you the sickness i feel like that it's just going to bring you down i feel like it's going to make you impure i feel like i'm not worthy of you and this doctor's like i flew across the world right with this medicine to heal you this is the entire reason that i came and so it's really just a life altering idea that can change your your day-to-day heart and and mentality for living in that you're like it's okay that i'm not going to to hit the mark every single time and be able to live a perfect life because that is the entire reason that 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 god came and so when you fall back into that sin that um you thought you were over yeah and you're like cool i'm done with this i'm on to the next life i'm a born again christian i'm never going to go back to that and then you do occasionally and rather than be ashamed and hide from god in those moments and just be like i knew it and you just kind of get like this snowball of pride and i feel like it's a relatable thing it's discouraging because you go i thought i was over that yeah and then the questions start coming in and the enemy goes well if you were really saved would you still struggle with that yeah yeah, and I then thought, you're asking the questions like, "Man, maybe I thought I I want I love Jesus, I want to follow Him. Why is this so attractive still? Why do I still fall into that habit or that pattern?" And then you start to doubt: Am I really saved? Yeah. And in those moments, that's when the enemy wants you to to wallow in your shame yeah. and your pity and your guilt and to detract away from God, rather than that's the moment where it's like, "No, that's why He came for that moment." Yeah, that's man. when you go straight to Him. And you're like, and then he's like, yes, this is why I came for these moments right here so that I can teach you that, you know, in your darkest, weakest moments, when you feel like you can't, that's why I came. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I almost got this picture as you were talking about the analogy, a doctor going in and coming into this group of, or this tribe that is infected with this disease and he can't get it. It's, there's a picture of, 
when we encounter dirty things in this world and we're clean, we don't tend to transmit cleanness. We get the dirtiness on us, right? When I touch, if I wash my hands and I go touch mud, mud doesn't become clean. I get muddy. I get, I get the dirtiness on me. But when Jesus encounters the world, he doesn't take on, he, he spreads cleanness. He spreads healing. When he touches things, they get better. It's not as though he touches them and then he gets infected. He doesn't get infected with the sin, but he spreads the clean. That's good. That's a good word. And given what we're going to look at today, that's spot on. All right. That's spot on. But uh, I need to confess something. I need to confess something. And it's, I don't know if, if it's okay that I confess this to you, or maybe I should confess it to your brother, Granger, or this, the, the tuned in audience. But there's been kind of this ongoing discussion about the morning routine, because we talk a lot on this podcast about a routine around reading the scriptures. For a lot of people, that's in the morning. And it's an, something else that, that joins them in that morning time is usually a cup of coffee. And I, I can't recall if you're a morning coffee drinker or you kind of get to that later in the day. I am a uh, morning. I do a little bit in the morning. Just a tad. Yeah. And there was this conversation and your brother kind of shared something and I'd never heard of it before. And I really thought it was the most odd thing I'd ever heard of. But he would get up and I think he drinks a glass of water, brushes his teeth, and then drinks his coffee. And I thought that is the strangest thing. And then I started getting all kinds of comments. People are like, yes, I'm a, I'm a coffee brush person. Some people are like, I brush coffee, then brush. So there's two, a double brusher. Do you have any? Yeah, I think uh, normal humans brush their teeth when they wake up. And Just they, first thing they, out of the yeah, gates. Yeah, and it's like a protection. <laughs> normal. So I just don't. So you, I'm a savage. <laughs> I just don't think I could go very long. And I'm single. I'm alone. Uh, so you're so, alone with your breath in the morning. Yeah, you're like, I can't handle yeah, this. And I still can't. I still, I still have to, to get the breath clean. So, so my confession is this. I, I was, I'd kind of backed myself into a corner this morning. I got up early and had to get ready for a, an early appointment. And I'm, you know, in my room, we've got a, a master bathroom connected there. So I'm in my room, I jump in the shower, getting ready for the day and I'm running late. So I don't have time to brush my teeth or don't have time to go out, make my coffee, drink it, then come brush my teeth, which I'd normally do. But I've got to go, and as soon as I grab my coffee, i got to be gone for the day. So I've got this dilemma. And the first thing that comes to mind is like, all right, Granger, here we go. I'm going to try it your way. And I thought, this is going to ruin my coffee. I, so I brush my teeth. I rinse thoroughly afterwards. Let's get all the mint out because I don't want mint coffee. I want just coffee coffee. And I go out, make my cup of coffee, jump in the truck, and start driving down the road. And I thought about it later. I didn't even notice. It didn't affect my flavor experience of the coffee. So I need to kind of pull the reins back on the amount of criticism I've given Granger for making this choice 
and uh and anyone else if you're a if you're a pre-coffee brusher i'm sorry i i apologize i, I need to uh i've tried your ways and they're not all that bad well we will extend grace to you um <laughs> i don't think that coffee would taste great with your morning breath i feel like that would make it taste worse actually well I let take, me just throw this like out there reset my taste buds okay i've taken a step and tried it the you know your way so just someday maybe you're out there in the in you're hunting and brushing's not that big of a deal you're just like i'll just go straight coffee right out of i think the deer might smell my breath (laughs) (laughs) all righty well you ready to to jump in let's do it let's let's take and read so uh like i said it's very appropriate the things the lord is showing you align with some stuff we're going to look at today so we're still going to be in mark we're actually finishing up the gospel of mark chapter one today so we're perfect end of the year end end of of the year end of chapter one kind of in the books uh you'll see once we jump into chapter two that it just kind of continues like these chapter numbers and verses these are later additions to this but uh to kind of separate out um different sections or pericopes of scripture Mm, i never thought about that so uh but it's it's a good ending uh to the year for sure so anyway we are in mark chapter 1 verse 40 and we'll read to the end of chapter 1 which will take us through verse 45 40 through 45 all righty so let's take and read verse 40 and a leper came to him jesus imploring him and kneeling said to him if you will you can make me clean moved with pity he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him i will be clean And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out, and he began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. He didn't listen to him. <laughs> yeah, he did not listen to him. So as we, we look at this text, we want to first ask some, some really basic clarifying questions. What does this say? Are there ideas, concepts, words that we need to just make sure it's clearly understood because we want to first understand what is this saying, then we'll move on to, okay, what does this mean? And then what do I do about it, right? Yeah, I think the first thing to understand is actually perfect timing. I just listened to a Paul Washer talking about uh, a leper and the disease of leprosy yeah. and exactly what that person would have looked like and what others would have thought of that individual. And he was using the example of, so the leper comes to him. And so he uses the example of last time that I was on the podcast, you talked about how our, our, um, attempt 
at righteousness is like filthy rags. How does the yeah. quote go? Um, it it's a that our um, it's not our best attempts, but our righteousness is like filthy rags to him. Yeah. So he says, if you guys, if you guys don't understand what someone with leprosy would have looked like, he says it's it would probably make you throw up being anywhere near them. He was like pus coming out of their skin, skin peeling off blood just trickling down bleeding through their clothes a terrible odor i mean they look like a zombie he was like people if they found out that you had leprosy i mean you were like outskirts of the city limits think of the like the most foul human that you can imagine and that is it's uh it you, you can spread it it's contagious. Extremely so, contagious. Extremely yeah. contagious. And so it's like, that could be you if you're anywhere close to that. And so when I see this, it's kind of like you were saying where our our minds as humans and, and just based on society, we think that when something unclean comes to something clean, it is going to make it unclean. So Paul Washer talks about, he's like, our attempts at righteousness are like, if you get a beautiful, if you get the most expensive, beautiful white silk sheet and put it over this leper, it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna lay on top of him and it's gonna cleanse all of that for about a half a second. Until stuff starts seeping through the sheet. Yeah. Yeah. And then immediately everything starts seeping through. Uh, and the wickedness comes through and it turns into a filthy rag. And so all that to say. Yeah, that's a good image. Wow. We have well, not this, a good image, but right. <laughs> good description. Right. So so he comes and he's like, get rid of this, please. Yeah, Word so this leper spread. is clearly somebody who's been on the outskirts, has been um, basically kicked out of society. And part of that had to do with Jewish law. Right there was laws going all the way back to Leviticus, the teaching of Moses about uncleanness, and leprosy was one of those skin diseases that you just—it was, yeah, nasty to to experience with any of the five senses uh, for those that had it, as well as those that were near it, and there was great fear around that. It was extremely contagious, so the best option was quarantine, which we know a little bit about. Now, this idea of quarantine and keeping your distance. And so this person was isolated uh, and probably hadn't been around anybody. So there's one of the things we see is that that would have been an incredibly bold individual that's and confident that they can they can cross the lines of the law. They can violate Jewish law in order to encounter Jesus. So that's that's a whole nother thing. But that would have been happening. Right, there was a violation of hmm. Jewish law to even engage with somebody in this setting. So, so the next thing I see is he kneels, and then he says, "If you will." So you kind of have two actions: a physical action of reverence and respect, and then yeah. he says, "If you will." He doesn't say, "Hey, you do this." I heard you could, or he doesn't test him. He just he kneels. He's reverent and respectful, and he says, "If if you will." Right. You, and he doesn't say, can you make me clean or will you? Or I heard that you could. He goes, I know if you yeah, will. Yeah, the assumption you is you, you have the power. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. There's, there's a physical act of humility. He humbles himself by going to his knee or knee, kneeling. 
then there's this uh, acknowledgement of humility of if you will, not a demand, but a, a humble request with the assumption that he can, that he has the power to do so. And we've been talking uh, in, in recent episodes as we've looked through the, the first chapter of Mark, there's been a lot of discussion about the authority of Christ. Uh, there have been times where he has cast out demons. And so there's this supernatural authority that he demonstrates. But here we now see there's this assumption that he has the authority over human cells and viruses and disease. And so even the smallest components of the physical realm, he has authority over. Um, which is interesting because eventually you'll see him calm a storm. So he has authority over even weather systems in the physical realm. And so we're seeing another, there's a, the assumption that this leper has, that he has the power and authority over sickness and disease. All right. In, what else do we see here that we go, okay, we need to understand what's happening here. So uh, I see the word pity. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I hear it's a good contrast to what you just said, where this guy has the sky. Jesus has the, <laughs> Hey guy, <laughs> he has the authority over weather systems over, uh, over supernatural beings on earth. He has uh, authority over, uh, it, it, the, the ability to heal. And so he said, it, it says moved with pity first off. No. Yeah. It does say if you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him. Yeah, the so pity, Jesus has pity, which is an emotion. We would say that's there was something that stirred in him emotionally. Yeah, but it wasn't. It didn't stop there. He didn't just feel the feeling and go, "Oh man, I feel really bad for that guy. That's a horrible situation," and then move on. No, there was an there was a a response. Right, he acted on the pity. He was moved by pity mm. to do something, and he didn't just stop with the sentiment. Does that mean he felt sorry for him? He probably did. And the, another thing that it doesn't come out in this passage, but uh, you see it in other uh, instances throughout the New Testament when somebody is sick, and leprosy was a very prominent sickness because of its level of you know contagiousness. Uh, but the assumption in the Jewish community by Jewish leadership was that you're sick, especially with leprosy, because of your own sin. Sometimes there was an assumption that maybe it was your parents' sin, and now that's kind of been uh, passed down to you and the consequences of that. But there was this assumption about it's your fault. Like you're in this situation because it's your fault. That was the general assumption. I'm, and so it's interesting that what Jesus responds with is, pity not oh well you got yourself into this good luck to you um and i think that (laughs) we can relate because whether it's his fault or not jesus has pity and how many times do we like you were saying at the beginning we know full well when we're like i did it again I, my sin, I know I shouldn't do that. I, I, I set myself up for this. And I feel the shame. I feel like I want to pull away from God. And he looks on us and goes, oh man, he has pity. Even though it may be our fault. 
Yeah. Because a lot of times we're like, well, it's my fault. It's one thing if something bad happens to me and I get sick and it's not my fault. And it's like, Lord, why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen? But it's another thing when you're like, it's totally my fault. And maybe the consequences of your sin have caused your world to just fall around and fall down around you. And you're like, I made my bed. Now I got to sleep in it. It's my fault. But that's not the gospel. It's not a, well, you did it, so now you're going to pay the price for it. Now, certainly there are consequences for sin. But when you come to Christ in humility and say, if you will, please, Lord, please, Lord, forgive me. And he has pity. If you, if you will, heal me. What else do we see here? So through the pity, move with pity, he, he stretches out his hand, touched him. And which that right there, given what you described about leprosy, you don't touch someone with leprosy right. because you're going to get leprosy. Right. You're going to be in the same situation. You don't even get near them and breathe the air they breathe. Yeah, it's a different idea because we're so used to, to uh, sickness and disease spreading. It's a different idea for holiness, purity, and, and righteousness to spread and to make things clean. That's, that's like a new idea. Yeah, and that's the coming of his kingdom. Mark has been trying to get us to see that Jesus is the king, that there is a new kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in this kingdom. And so what's what's being demonstrated by Jesus is that this kingdom and the righteousness of this kingdom and the, the healing and the wholeness of this kingdom is going to spread through Christ. Remember, we don't touch lepers because we get leprosy, but Jesus touches a leper and he doesn't get leprosy. The leper gets clean. The one who was unclean is now clean because Jesus spreads clean, not sickness. And he doesn't absorb the sickness on himself. That's just crazy talk. And yet, that's what's happening. But he touches him. And we know that throughout the New Testament, especially in the Gospels, Jesus heals in a variety of ways. There's one moment where he's not even in the same town and a Roman centurion sends for him and is like, you could command your, from here. You could, you don't even have to come to the town. You could just make it so, and he does because of the faith of that, that centurion. And so he doesn't have to touch, but he intentionally touches this guy who has not been touched or near a human for who knows how long. So just even in the way he heals him, he has pity. I heard a story the other day of, um, <clears throat> it's a, a pastor, he was with his wife and he said his son got really sick. He just started throwing up. I mean, everywhere, you know how a little kid throws oh, up. Oh yeah. And he was throwing up on the wall and on the bed and he had it all over himself. And he said that he just kind of stood there for a second and was like looking at him and his wife goes, get him. Cause he was still throwing up and it was all <laughs> over him. And he said, she said, get him and take him to the bathtub. And so he was like looking first, he was kind of gonna like grab his ear a little bit and like a sleeve that like was less dirty. And he said, his, <laughs> I mean, he, cause he's pretty sensitive. You know how some people yeah. are when they even his hear his ear. I love it. When they even hear a gag, it's, it's just, yeah. it's gross. And his, he said his wife just picks the son up 
in his arms and just envelops it's just all over her and she just looks at him and goes that's your son Mm. and he was like that's going in the sermon (laughs) (laughs) but what a picture right because our our reaction to those in that that scenario is we want to get as little of that and and risk as little as possible inconvenience ourselves as little as possible to do the right thing and yet jesus completely risks everything for this one guy who's humbled himself acknowledged one that he's sick and two that jesus has the power to heal him if he wills and jesus wills it he says yes (laughs) be clean so now jesus charges him (laughs) what does that mean yeah he says hey don't it's like a command or hey there and this is interesting because he's telling him to basically go go fulfill the law so there was a a ritual cleansing process for leprosy and then there was this kind of re-entry process by jewish law given to us in leviticus about how you re-enter society Mm. Uh, when when you are healed, just to kind of affirm that it's all good. Like you're back, you're ready to come back into society. So Jesus tells him to go, basically go, go show as a proof to them that you're clean. Go show them, go through the process and, and kind of dot your I's and cross your T's. Go, go carry this thing out um, because you're clean now. And we see his response. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. So yeah. Because the word has spread and people are are not happy about this? No, I think it's the word has spread that he has the ability to to heal leprosy. He's got authority. He's got the ability to heal. I mean, that was one of the probably the most challenging diseases to deal with. Why do you think that they didn't just put Jesus on a throne in the middle of the town and worship him after that? If you've got someone who's out here healing lepers and driving out demons. Yeah, and that's the great, I think that's part of what what theologians talk about is the the messianic secret. Right? There's multiple times where Jesus is going to heal people and he's going to tell them to be quiet. He's going to tell them, he's telling the demons when he casts them out, hey, silence, stop, because they acknowledge his authority and his power and he's telling them to be quiet. And so there's something about the timing of how Jesus will become known. But, uh, and, and the thought was that maybe in time, rather than go to the cross, people will actually believe that he is the Messiah and they, he, they won't let him die. And then we'd be in a real pickle. But to your point, his popularity is growing. But I'm, what we'll find is that the Jewish leadership do not like it. Because he's now threatening their situation. Mm. He's threatening their authority, their leadership. And they would prefer to keep that. And here's this Jewish carpenter son of a carpenter going around healing people and claiming authority and demonstrating authority. So they don't like it. 
So that's and so the popularity that he gains is these now he, there's such a crowd that wants to receive the healing probably that they he can't even go into a, a town because it's just it's too many people it's overwhelming it it just clogs up society so he's now out in these desolate places like Yee Yee Ranch or something yeah just out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and crowds are gathered so that yeah that's a good good insight. So we understand, and we've talked a little bit about, okay, so what does this mean? But if you were to kind of step back and go, okay, I, I understand what's being said. I understand the scenario. I get leprosy. I get he's kind of, Jesus is crossing some lines here. He's, he's, he's meeting the guy where he's at. He's responding in pity by acting and healing. He's kind of circumnavigating some of the Jewish practices around leprosy and what, what are we to do with this? What does this mean? Man, I think that kind of what we were talking about at the beginning, I can't believe that that was the story that I said, cause I really didn't know that this was the, uh, this was the, the verses that we were going to go over, but just in your own life, there's just this, uh, there's this balance of understanding kind of like I was saying, understanding how fully deserving we are of God's wrath and how we are not going to meet the law on our own. And, and the fear of God should be in, in all of our hearts and understanding he is a righteous judge and a righteous judge cannot let sin go unpunished. And we're fully deserving of that. And then at the same time, when you fully acknowledge that and to a point where you're like, man, I'm, I'm starting to feel kind of bad about myself. I'm starting to like get into a dark place, yeah. understanding that the best that I can do, like I'm, pre- I'm pretty good. Like I, I think I'm a good person. I'm a decent guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, the best that I can do is filthy rags to God. And I can't even, can, I can't even stop doing the things that I know I shouldn't be doing. I can't even do the things on a daily basis that I know that I should be doing. And it's it's pretty demoralizing, but to go the most filthy, disgusting human that was around in this time that was literally not even allowed in the towns. Yeah, Jesus not only heals him, but he's moved with pity towards him. And so what an amazing thing to go, man, whenever I do fall back into that sin and and, and start to just wallow in it, and, and be like, I really thought that I was over this. Why do I keep falling back to it? You just go straight to him mm-hmm. and you get on your knees in humility and you say, if you will, you can make me clean and you trust him and you know that he can and you ask him and you go straight to him and yeah. his heart, he tells us, is moved with pity toward us because even though he is a high priest full of uh, the capacity of wrath toward us. He is also, this is the whole reason that Jesus came was to come in fully God and fully man to have pity with us, to show us how it's done and uh, to cleanse us. Yeah. And to read this and realize I'm the leper, right? When I am honest about my condition, when I first come to know the Lord, I'm the I'm the leper. I come realizing and having no questions about just how broken I am, how sick I am, 
with this disease of sin. And I just, I come humbly. I go, Lord, if you will. And Jesus says, I, I will. In fact, I did. And now as I continue to walk with him, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, in one of his letters to the Colossians, he encourages them in the same way that they received Christ Jesus to walk in him, rooted and built up. And when you think about how do we first receive Christ, it's, it's this. It's awareness of our sin and a recognition of his ability, authority, and desire to save to heal us, to deliver us from this condition. And so we, we see our sinful ways, we see him, we reach out and say, you're my only hope. If you will, Lord, please. And he says, I will be clean. And then we go from there and we turn from that leprous life and we go, all right, I'm not looking back at that. And I'm just, I'm all about Jesus. And what Paul says, if, if that's how you first came to know the Lord by repentance, right? That's what that is when I acknowledge my sin and I look at it and I turn from it and I turn to him in faith. So faith and repentance, if that's how I receive Christ. Paul says that's how you walk every day. Recognizing and when sin bubbles up in your life, you go, that's sin. No, that's not what I'm saved from. And that's not what I'm saved for. And then I turn to Jesus and go, yes, that's what I'm about. I think a lot of times we get we get bogged down and we get we see our sin and it bubbles up and we go okay don't do that don't do that don't do that don't do that what <laughs> what you're doing is you're focusing on sin mm. you haven't turned from it you're like okay don't do that don't do that. I'm going to set up parameters around not doing it please I don't want to give in I don't want to give in I don't want to be angry I don't want to lash out like whatever that sin is and all we're doing is thinking about not doing the sin which is thinking about the sin Rather than turning from it to Jesus and saying, no, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to be all about you. I'm going to brag about you. I'm going to fixate on you. And so we are the leper. Yeah, think, it's, it's like playing spiritual defense. I heard a guy say that one time. Yeah. It's like stop, stop seeing how far that you can get. When a guy asks, how far can I go with my girlfriend? You're under the surface asking yourself, how far can I get away from God, but still stay under his good grace? Yeah, how close to the edge can I get before I fall off? Yeah. So you're saying how much alcohol? So just a lot of young people out there are like wanting to follow and they're wanting to know on a daily basis, like practically, what does this look like? How much alcohol can I drink this Friday? How far can I go with my girlfriend? Can I listen to this music? And it's like, why are we playing so much defense? Right. Yeah, let's share the gospel. Let's see yeah, how let's go on offense. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. Oh, that's good. So the the so what is is similar to what you're talking about. That rather than pull away from God, rather than kind of say, okay, I should go clean myself up and then come to him, the leper had no ability to clean himself, had no capacity to do so. And a lot of times when we either if you're listening to this podcast and, and you're like, you know, I've been around Christians and I've been around church, and but you have not yet fully given yourself to the Lord, today's the day. Recognize you can't, you don't clean, don't try to clean yourself up and then come to the Lord and maybe he'll accept you. No, there's no amount of cleaning you can do. You just have to acknowledge how absolutely filthy you are 
and just throw yourself at the mercy of the Lord and say, Lord, if you will, and he's going to look at you and go, I will be clean. That's, that's the takeaway. For those of us who are following Christ, the temptation when we, when we stumble, when we fall, is to hide mm-hmm. and to kind of put ourselves in time out and go, okay, I need to take some time and think about what I've done and then come to the Lord. So Adam and Eve did. <laughs> yeah, they Since hide. Literally nothing has changed. Yeah. They hide. But what should we do instead? Go straight to him. Straight. It's the whole reason he came. It is the reason he came because he's got the cure to the disease. No one else. And he's not going to get the disease. He only wants to distribute the cure. And he is it. He's the cure. So if you're listening to this, be encouraged today. You don't have to clean yourself up for Jesus. Just come to him humbly and just know he will. And uh, yeah, and be encouraged by his word today that that's the kind of God he is. He's a God that is moved by pity, that has compassion, but also has all authority to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not some, not most, but all. And he promised him. All right, any, any concluding thoughts? Come as you are and leave changed. Absolutely. Amen. Thanks for having me. Yes, thanks for being here. And uh, thank you for joining the Take and Read podcast. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you uh, if you like the hat that Parker has on his head, I, I made a batch of these or had them made. I, I wasn't in my garage sewing them, the patches on, but we had some made. Uh, you can go to 22beans.com and uh, they will be for sale there. And so uh, you can go and, and launch in the new year with an, a new cap uh, and it supports what we do here it supports the podcast and lets others know about us Uh, please subscribe like follow share that helps other people find us and we'd love more people to join us in taking and read taking and reading the scriptures um, because in them is life in them is communication from the creator of the universe the one who made us and formed us and gives us purpose and meaning and so he's got a lot to tell us so take and read thanks for joining us